0: Welcome to Finding Okay. I'm Hecate, and I'm just getting over the flu. So lately, my voice has sounded like a flock of Canadian geese fighting. And uh, that would be why this isn't a real episode. So I have a couple episodes that I've been working on. The main episode is on self-defense and my experience with self-defense workshops. And I got about most of the way through that one... um, And midway through editing uh, and then my life kind of exploded a little bit and uh, just a little explosion everybody's fine and uh, and so I decided to um, to talk to my sister Chie to kind of help shake things loose um, by just having a conversation um, because she was there for one of the self-defense workshops and that conversation went too well it lasted about two and a half hours and then there were some technical difficulties in a file. I thought it was gone. Now it's back. It was the whole thing. Um, but uh, but the gist is I I ended up with um, with a surplus of good material, um, so I'm back to editing. Um, but during that editing process of, um, of that episode and trying to figure out, if there are multiple episodes in there, weeding them out and then uh, splicing different things together. It's a time intensive process and I had the flu. Um, And so it's, it's been lots of fun. Um, But in the meantime, I figured I could post this little tidbit um, just for fun. And, uh, and this isn't a full episode, what this is is just a little sidetrack. Um, during my conversation with Chie, we ended up going way kind of off subject and talking about Star Trek, which we both grew up with and love very much. And so this is a little 20-minute conversation about Star Trek, um, about growing up um, with Star Trek Voyager and various things that we love about it, and then a couple episodes um, that dealt with some intersecting kind of um, survivor issues and how we felt about it. So it'll make more sense if you know Star Trek. If not, maybe you'll still find something that's enjoyable. Maybe it'll make you want to watch it. I have no idea. Um, But either way, here you go. Trigger and content warnings for this episode include the following a discussion of Star Trek episodes that involve PTSD, flashbacks, repressed and recovered memories, and having accusations of assault questioned and doubted. Please check in with yourself, make sure you're all right to continue.
1: But yeah, the, the phrase that just keeps coming back to me is um. there's a scene in Star Trek Voyager where I don't remember which episode it was, but um, it's seven of nine. And she's like, I think it might be the one where she has like a, a date that goes really badly on the holodeck. And then she comes and there's this alien guy hitting on her and he's like drunk and he puts his hand on her arm. And she just looks at him and says, remove your hand or I will remove your arm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, that is how I feel sometimes. I, I think I've said something like that. <laughs> I, I, and I, I did rewatch that, um, that series recently. And yeah, I remember that. That was great. There might be someone to watch over you. That might be the name
1: of the episode. I mm. could be wrong, now. Or someone to watch over me.
2: There we go. That's the name of like a song that the doctor sings. Anyway. Um another um, I think like another influential like Voyager episode, um, or just like I was re-watching the series and I was realizing how influential um Kate Mulgrew was, Captain Janeway. Cause yeah. I was I was a child when it was on. I was young and having uh like the first female captain of a starship was like a huge deal like i had grown up with star trek we both had and then having her um on tv the same time as xena warrior princess having these like female role models um
1: that's how i describe like our upbringing to people as far as them, them being like, how did you end up as the person you are now? You're such a weird combination of like <laughs> badass and sensitive. And I'm like, it's because we're a combination of Captain Catherine Janeway and Xena Warrior Princess. Mm-hmm. Push them together. That's what you got.
2: Yeah. And um with like Patrick Stewart and yeah. Jean-Luc Picard as like the father figure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely um, but, uh, but yeah, like i I was rewatching it, and I was real- realizing that like I take her power stance um every so often, which also comes across as very Peter Pan with like the hands on the hips.
1: Um, I'm actually standing
2: like that right now <laughs> good for you <laughs> um, and um, and then also, like, I realized that like she was like. Janeway was fucking intense yeah like and and at times problematic but um yeah uh yeah like interesting um but uh but yeah like I rewatched the episode which um which was like about fear like personified oh gosh it's such a creepy one the one where they're being held hostage by fear yes oh, in uh in crazy. stasis yeah and and he has his like little playground where he's just like fucking with people and then just like killing them by scaring them to death Yeah, exactly and um and then like tricking him in the end and he's gonna die and like the room is getting dark and Janeway has tricked him and he's upset and like she's explaining that like i I mean spoiler alert sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) um but like she's explaining that like that her realization was that like fear only exists for one purpose and it's to be conquered and that that's what he truly wanted um Mm. was to be conquered and uh and he's you know like pouting like a petulant child and it's like, "It's not fair, you tricked me, and it's like, "Yeah, but you know, fuck you." and um and the room's getting dark, and he's dying, like facing the ends of his existence, and the room is like getting dark, you can barely see their faces, and he's just like, "I'm afraid." and she's just like, "I know." <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my fucking God." <laughs> Right, she was so spooky and I loved it she was so awesome that's great (laughs) and I just like that that just like that moment like for her of just like I know it's just like (laughs) oh there I am there's a lot of me in that (laughs) well and I think it does I think it is important
1: to also mention that if anyone has not seen Star Trek Voyager and is interested in starting, it should be noted that there is one episode in particular that deals with PTSD in a really not great way. And that would be, I think, The Raven, I think is the name of it. Um, Oh, yeah, that was um...
2: super problematic the way they dealt with that. Um, Oh, in what in what way do you mean? Do you mean in that it's triggering for people who have PTSD? Or how do you mean? um,
1: I mean, possibly, yes. But the main issue, um, spoiler alert for that episode, is that ultimately, um, kind of the general thing is that it's seven of nine, and she's having flashbacks from being um, abducted by the Borg. And she comes into contact. They're working with this alien race. Um, I don't remember all of the details, but basically she accuses one of these alien members of um, like hurting her. And you know, um, and Janeway takes it super seriously. And they're you know. Oh in no, that's a different
2: episode.
1: It is. What? It
2: is. I f- I think that's a different episode than the Raven. The, Raven, the is, Raven is is. No, like, the raven is when she's getting the, um, the, there's, like, a Borg signal that's being sent out that's, like, um, or she, like, picks up her childhood family's, like, ship or something, and there's, like, a signal that's going out that's, like, that's, like, switching on, um, stuff like that, um, that, that, like, starts triggering, like, memories and, like, dreams of, like, the raven, and it turns out that's the name of the ship, and she goes back, um, and, like,
1: Uh, switches back on to
2: Borg and is convinced that there's a Borg ship that's waiting for her. And then she has that what she has to do is rejoin the collective. And it's like her dealing with that. There is a different episode. And if we could figure out what it's called, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was highly problematic and upsetting. Yeah. Um, It might be really difficult to deal with. Um, But if we could like give people a heads up on that one, that was a very upsetting episode. Where, um, where she does like make an accusation, um, that um a, a man, an alien, like on a a planet that they were visiting, um, that he attacked her, um, and then tink- tinkered with her her memory of the event, yeah. and she she starts having um, like she has repressed memories, and then they start coming back um after she responds to him touching her with violence and then the like the doctor like helps her recover memories they talk about how there's the problem of like whether or not those memories are real she's questioned um and she's doubted and it's really problematic and and it deals with him like disputing her claims and them like dealing with him in terms of like we understand, like, and and just – it was really – it felt clumsy, and this was, like, far preceding, like, the Me Too movement and everything and, mm-hmm. and dealing with the whole thing of, um, of victims coming forward, survivors coming forward, um, making, you know, statements or accusations, and then, like, how do we deal with, like – how do we meet those – and how should we meet those? Like and balance that with the whole like innocent until proven guilty thing and like assuming Retrospect. that Sorry. Guilt and, is that the name of it? Retrospect? I think
1: that might be the name of it. I'm not hundred percent sure.
2: Okay. Yeah. But he had he had like attacked her and like extracted nanoprobes and like her, well, per- yeah. Yeah, performed a surgical procedure without her permission. And then erased her memory. And um and it was it was a huge thing. And like it, it was a really upsetting episode to see her going through that, to see the way that other people reacted. Yeah, it was it was like kind of like a a fun trigger episode that really surprised me when I was rewatching it. And that's that's yeah. what it's saying.
1: Well, so it is retrospect. That's the name of the episode. And and if I remember correctly part of what I found so problematic about it was not necessarily the repressed memories. I mean, it is triggering, but that in the end, I think it turned out that she had like imagined it, that he hadn't actually hurt her or attacked her. um, And that it was one of those rare cases of, you know, her falsely
2: accusing him. And he ended up, I think like dying or something. And I think it did turn out that she was correct, um, but I think it was like really close. And like there was I, I don't know. i I don't well, know what I'm seeing, um, I
1: think because one of
2: the one of the biggest issues
1: with it was that it implied that um, like false memories are a thing that are really common among like victims. And that was Mm -hmm. a big issue because, you know, obviously.
2: um, Yeah, just the whole thing of like, well, she's a member of our crew that's like pretty traumatized. And, you know, therefore, let's take everything that she says with a grain of salt. And it's like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) I'm
1: just reading the Wikipedia on it. Um, uh, The evidence of the nanoprobes was not enough to concrete evidence of his guilt or innocence when they catch up with him and tell him they don't know if he's guilty or not he thinks it's a trap he fires at voyager and it causes his own ship's weapons to overload and he dies mm. um i could have sworn that in the end it turned out that he wasn't wasn't guilty after all like after he died um i could could be mistaken there but
2: yeah the general and i could have them, i could have sworn the opposite really yeah which is another like, oh, fun memory, yay, <laughs> oh good, um, um, yeah, and us just like, yeah, remembering this very differently, um, I'm not sure, like, yeah, what a weird fucking episode
1: it was very weird, and I think just the whole
2: <sighs> way it handled
1: p t s d was not great
2: um it was it was many years ago, too, so like the seven of nine was like, I think. I mean, there's there's plenty like that can be discussed in, in terms of her character um, and like the direction of the show and um, her being brought on and that she was like, you know, kind of like nerd eye candy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that gets talked about first and is completely like a valid point. And apparently Jerry Ryan like being brought on the show, um, I think really... Uh, I hear upset Kate Mulgrew, and they did not get along, yeah, um, which is really sad, so sad um to hear about later because I have such a respect for for both of them, and both of them were like really strong female characters, and seeing them both together interacting um I really loved and was really great and so it's it's yeah. sad for me to note that that there was um a lot of contention like behind the scenes, but I mean, it's it also like sense, yeah. Yeah, and cuz I mean like um I want to say Kate Mulgrew was in her 40s when they filmed it. That may be incorrect, but she was um she was an older woman and it was like a big deal for an older woman to have that role that was groundbreaking, that was a game changer for uh not just that fandom but everything um yeah. to have like a female captain um and to have her be the leader and then to have them you know like a few seasons in like change the game and bring in like this young pretty actress with like huge breasts and they put her in a corset and um you know so she and and a fucking like skin tight jumpsuit and so like you know it was like borg sex, sex kitten and um walking nerd boner and that kind of like issue and so just just really like objectifying and and uh and so just the issue of, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, I thought we were doing something different. Like, now you're throwing this at me. And I guess behind the scenes it was difficult. Like, but separate from that, like, I, I'm i sure that that, like, that objectification, like, that took place, like, influenced me as a child as well. But ultimately, she was a really powerful character. And I appreciate her. And I don't distill everything about her, like down to the way she looked and the way that she was portrayed physically on the show. Yeah. She was immensely powerful, like and the journey that she went through psychologically was also really incredibly powerful. And she's a great actress. She she held it up. It could have gone really badly. But yeah, exploring yeah. individuality and uh identity, power. Yeah, I and, loved uh,
1: actually Seven of Nine on that show. Um just because of all of the psychological exploration that she did and brought to it, um, I think was, yeah, just my favorite part really of Voyager, being a, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder why I'm a psychologist now, but like, you know, the episode where she is isolated on the ship and, um, I think it's called. Oh Moonlight. shit. Yeah. And like, you know, she's used to the collective and, you know, all of them are depending on her to survive and,
2: you know while they're in stasis yeah
1: yeah and she's you know mega stressed about that and just yeah, yeah.
2: so many so many
1: great things
2: um yeah and she also, starts having like, hallucinations and, and yeah, like dealing with uh cabin fever yeah, yeah. which is very very real concern
1: in long isolation yeah and i actually kind of on the flip side appreciated that she had Like, kind of a sexuality to her. Um, And, uh, you know, granted, it could just be that, like, I thought she was super hot, because I mean, who didn't? Yeah. But also, like, I think that in the Star Trek kind of world, it's so, it it did feel kind of like they were trying so hard to have to go the other way from, you know, Deanna Troy and all of her many costume changes over the years and getting, you know, ripped on for that like it kind of did feel like oh now everyone's gonna wear these like kind of shapeless jumpsuits and like i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be like hey like it's okay to have sexuality is like a thing because well and she was like yeah
2: and and like exploring it at a certain point and um and she she wasn't a member of Starfleet. Like, you know, she did she didn't have to wear their uniform. She couldn't wear their uniform. She yeah. hadn't been to Starfleet. But um, yeah. And she also like she she wasn't vapid, like she balanced it out. I appreciated no, that like she had that sexuality and she balanced it with like a lot of power where like she was she had problems socializing. She didn't know how to do it. And yeah. you ended up learning a lot with her in terms of like socialization and, uh, and how to interact and how to be human and, um, interact with other humans. Like that was incredibly important and helpful. And, um, I read a great article that was written by someone who's autistic, who said that watching seven of nine growing up was incredibly helpful to them in terms of learning human socialization. Um, practicing it and having it broken down in a really analytical way and uh and i thought that was really beautiful um and uh but yeah like she could be really um aggressive and confrontational
1: very aggressive yeah
2: (laughs) yeah exactly and uh and so in terms of like her being beautiful and um and wearing certain clothes but then also being completely like capable of just fucking you up like beyond belief um and just like annihilating you um in terms of her being like stronger um better faster stronger yeah (laughs) um
1: well and i really appreciated that like she and janeway together showed different types of strength um and like and softness at the same time um yeah in that like there's more than one way to be strong um and also female. Yeah, Um, because I feel like there's a lot of cis male examples of that and and, you know there's I think more more female examples nowadays but when we were growing up yeah it was a lot of male Mm -hmm. examples and just having the idea that on one show like there's two strong female characters who are different from each other
2: well, there were more like uh, Belana Taurus was amazing. Yeah. Like, and uh, and then you had Kess, who was not everybody like loves her, but like she was a completely different type of there were so many female yeah. characters um, and scientists on that vessel and they gave them screen time. Yeah. And they gave yeah, them characters stories. and issues, they interacted, and sometimes they were the only ones there interacting. Like, that happened. Yeah. It was amazing. They weren't just, like, supporting or propping up the male narratives and interactions. Like, they weren't just – it was amazing. Um, it was yeah. unprecedented, like, in the fandom. Um and, uh, and a lot of people, like, have hate for Kess, but, like, I loved her – her innocence and her compassion and her softness and that that wasn't portrayed as weakness it was portrayed as something that could be taken advantage of and that could be problematic like yeah. but well, also keeping in
1: mind that like her species didn't live that
2: long they didn't they only lived seven years and I thought that was a really interesting thing to take a look at um yeah. but um but there was a lot that I found beautiful um about Cass and I liked her as kind of the the counterbalance and um and also just like in in terms of um she also appeals to me in in terms of just like romanticism um you know holding up like the the wisdom of the child um yeah and exactly. i kind of relate that to her and the the kind of energy that she brought to things um and uh
0: yeah i appreciate that yeah all right that's that I hope you had fun listening. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, please stay tuned for new episodes coming very soon. Take care of yourself.